Hey, everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Thank you so much for being here. There's a lot of podcasts in the world. There's a lot of weed podcasts in the world, and you're here with us, and I appreciate that. Really great episode today. We have Ashlyn and Philippe Cousteau of Seaweed Naturals. Uh, they have a long history in oceanography as well as a legacy. Philippe is grandson of world-famous Jacques Cousteau, uh, but this is more than a celebrity brand. I really pressed them on why they're doing this, how they're doing this. They've integrated ingredients from the ocean, uh, including seaweed. So it's not just a play on word marketing device. Uh, and they have topicals, tinctures, uh, edibles, really cool brand, really cool values. They're big supporters of the blue economy. They have long histories in oceanography. They've been on Shark Week. They have reality shows. So very, very cool people to decide to, to start a cannabis brand. Uh, and we go through a lot of what that takes, uh, marketing, fundraising, distribution, uh, and why they just started to do this. I mean, they could have made any number of products, but they wanted to make cannabis, and that's for good reason. Uh, it's a really great episode. Uh, I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Before we jump into the episode, I want to tell you about a really cool event coming back. Uh, MJ Unpacked will be in Manhattan May 18th through the 20th. I'll be out there either speaking or doing a podcast or something like that. They'll tell me <laughs> when I get there. Uh, this is going to be their second event. You may remember the first MJ Unpacked in Las Vegas in November. It was a really, really cool event. Much more intimate, uh, much more focused. I met a lot of great execs of, of dispensaries and brands. They do a really cool brand showcase. So uh, meet me there May 18th through the 20th in Manhattan, MJ Unpacked. I know they still have some sponsorships available. You know, if you want to grab a ticket, come out, you're going to learn a lot. Just another really great way uh, to network and do business in the cannabis industry. MJ Unpacked 18th through the 20th of May, Manhattan, be there. All right, let's jump into the episode with Seaweed Naturals. Guys, thanks so much for having me at your house with your rescue dog. I feel like <laughs> part of the family right off the bat. You are great to it have you here. will show you the chickens when you leave. I, I saw the chickens on the <laughs> oh, way in. Right. You weren't kidding about the chickens. Um, let's start with an easy one. What is Seaweed natural? You know, Philippe and I have been looking for a product to do for a very long time. Um, but as conservationists... We don't just want to make stuff. You know, there's enough stuff in the world already. And that's one of the reasons we find ourselves in the climate crisis that we're in. Um, so we actually kind of worked backwards. And instead of like many entrepreneurs who enter the cannabis business, knowing they want to start a cannabis business, that's not where we started. We started mm -hmm. with wanting to make an impact brand that was going to grow the blue economy, create sustainable jobs, and really give back to people on the planet. And then we worked our way into the cannabis industry. Yeah, it was uh, the intentionality was related to create um, a business that, that, as Ashton said, that, uh, that, that focused on the circular economy mm -hmm. and making the world a better place, which is what our legacy and our work has been for you know all of our long, certainly all of my life. And, and I dragged Ashlyn into the 
the light side, we might say, about a decade ago. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, seaweed and, and cannabis presented, we felt, a really unique opportunity. There's not a lot of industries out there that are already as large, actually economically, as the cannabis space with the potential for upside that are as unsophisticated as the cannabis space is. And particularly as we looked at the wellness space, um, there's just not a lot of, frankly, I think creativity going on out there in that space. Um, there's some great brands and certain brands we were inspired by, mm -hmm. but, uh, as far as creating sophisticated products with multiple, you know, active ingredients that really, you know, can, can advance, um, the wellness conversation and, and quality wellness products, there wasn't much out there. And so we really said, wow, there's a, there's a gap in the market here that we feel like we can um, develop, corner, and, and, and grow. Um, and in so doing, have a positive impact on the, on the, the health and wellness of our customers, but also the planet. Mm -hmm. um, both of you have said a couple things about the environment here. Both, I think you said blue life, full circle something, <laughs> a lot of buzzwords I missed there. But let's talk about sort of that. You guys both yeah. have such a rich history. Obviously, there's a real lineage here, mm -hmm. right? Talk about like your lessons from the ocean. What does that bring? What is, you know, bringing into mm -hmm. cannabis? Seaweed was very intentional, obviously. Yes. So. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the whole, the genesis of Seaweed Naturals was a, a drink that we had with our co-founder, Jill, like three years ago, who's, she's in the cannabis space and comes from multi-decade experience of, of private labeling products in the cosmetics and, and, um, and wellness space. And, um, and we actually were, she was like, oh, you also should think about the cannabis industry. And we were like, well, I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch for us. We're in ocean conservation, but God, it would be kind of funny at the Cousteau's with our legacy of ocean conservation exploration did a line, a weed line and called it seaweed. <laughs> um, that is very much, I think it was Ashton's idea, very much like the, 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 what piqued our interest. We were like, well, that's kind of clever and kind of funny. And then we just went from there. Um, but going, you know, backwards, you know, my my background, three generations of a family. My grandfather, Jacques Cousteau, was a, a filmmaker and really the pioneer of ocean exploration and conservation. My father, um, until his tragic, uh, untimely early death uh, in 1979, six months before I was born. But prior wow. to that, he had was also a global kind of leader in the ocean conservation space. So growing up in that family always inspired me to, to recognize, A, that very severe challenges we're facing and climate and ocean collapse and, you know, all the things that I'm sure your, your, your listeners are all familiar with. Um, but also really when I think about the legacy of my family, I think about one of innovation and problem solving. And I think about, um, how we can approach these problems differently. And the, the, the idea that the ocean is a victim of climate change is, is true. But the ocean can also be our greatest ally in building, rebuilding biodiversity and rebuilding abundance in the ocean and, and combating the climate crisis. And so it's, it's an issue that Ashley and I worked on for a long time, recognizing that if we tap into uh, certain, the, the potential of the ocean um, as, a, as, a, as a solution to these problems, particularly seaweed and kelp farms and leveraging kind of these marine uh, um, ecosystems, and restoring these ecosystems is a great way to provide jobs and restore biodiversity, et cetera. Um, and so the question has always been like, how would we build, that's collectively called, referred to as the blue economy, right? Anything that, that leverages economically resources in the ocean. 
And so how could we create a line, as Ashlyn said, brand that would help build the blue economy, achieve all of those goals, uh, a lifestyle brand that would do that? And that's really kind of the question where we started. And then we started back, you know, reverse engineering into cannabis. Yeah, and, and you know, unlike Philippe, I wasn't born with salt water in my blood. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, a small town girl from North Carolina, still am that. And um, I, when Philippe and I met, I was a correspondent for E News. Um, so I was off interviewing celebrities and working the Oscars and and going to movies, you know, movie premieres and set Very visits. Very fun. It was super fun. Then I also had days where all I talked about was Kim Kardashian and Justin Bieber. Those were not the fun days. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I when I when I started dating Philippe and I started really diving deep into the ocean and and going to these conferences, I was always struck by it was the same people at the conferences. They were always talking about the same thing. And no one was trying to grow the group of people. You know, everybody was very like, yay, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And aren't we great? Which is amazing. But normal people don't understand how the ocean works. I mean, normal people... I took AP biology and during COVID, I wrote the book Oceans for Dummies. And like, I had to actually relearn all these things because I didn't, Mike, we didn't talk about that in high school. Like mm -hmm. we really didn't talk about it. So people's ocean literacy sucks and it's not their fault. It's just, it just, the ocean does never gets its fair share. So in this, in, in creating this brand too, we were like, okay, how can we, just literally diversify the amount of people that even know about the ocean or care about the ocean. And I think that was one thing too, that we got excited when we look and, you know, started going into dispensaries and started talking to people. It's like, oh my gosh, these people care. Most people that consume cannabis care about the, the planet, but they don't necessarily think to care about the ocean. So we're like, yes, there's all these newbies that we can get into the mm -hmm. let's care about the ocean space. And I think that was another thing that, that got us really excited too, because we can get a whole new group of people to care about the sea and what it can do for us in solving the climate crisis. So seaweed naturals, essentially, to answer your question, is a roundabout way to answer your That's question. That's okay. That was great. Is a little bit of context of why we did it. it yeah. You know, we looked again at the cannabis space, particularly wellness, mm -hmm. um, and there is no one out there that is combining other active ingredients with THC and CBD. Mm -hmm. And we said, wow, there's all of these proven, clinically proven ingredients like seaweed extracts, algae extracts that are already well established in the, in the cosmetics space. Name long list of brands. The biggest brands out there in creams and body tincture, you know, oils and all sorts of stuff that leverage these seaweeds because it's been proven to have all these additional benefits. And you know, in, in, in eliminating redness and, and um, inflammation, um, you know, uh, being full of vitamin C and peptides and all the, you know, promoting collagen pr uh, production. So there's all these established benefits of these products. No one out there in the wellness space has combined any additional back active ingredients with THC and CBD. And we said, wow, well, well, we'll be the first. Why not? Let's create a more sophisticated product for the same price for consumers. Mm -hmm. And so we're really about, you know, we think there's a, a we know there's a big audience out there of kind of curious people um, mm -hmm. that, uh, that are looking at the lifestyle of wellness and how they can incorporate that into their daily routine. And so we're saying, here's an opportunity to reach out to a whole audience that, that already is comfortable and understands all these benefits, these, these marine botanicals. And now we can combine them with THC and CBD and just create a better product. Um, 
And it just so happens that we source our marine botanicals, our seaweed and our algae from, you know, these restorative farms up in Maine that are paying out of work fishermen to grow kelp. Um, so you're creating sustainable jobs that can't be, can't be outsourced. You're creating a system, an economic driver to build these kelp farms that sequester carbon, that provide biodiversity for creatures, etc. So every time you're purchasing a seaweed naturals product, you're actually helping to restore the ocean and you're also helping to restore your health. So that's really the, the, the bottom line for us in creating a, this brand um, is that we can bring something new and unique and better to the consumer. And it just so happens that it's also better for the planet and not just about sustainability, but about restoring the ocean. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing and a really nice mission, really nice mission. <laughs> if I put my business hat on, yep. a lot of times when we do things that are sustainable or have some sort of cause in mind, mm -hmm. it tends to be more expensive, right? Mm -hmm. um, both in terms of raw costs, as well as passed on to the consumer. Is that what's happening here or kind of take me through that structure? Our products are priced competitively with any of the other ones out there in the wellness space. Papa yeah. Barkley, Mary's, you name it. The good news is, is that, you know, these seaweed powders are not very expensive. Right. Um, yeah. So the, the additional raw ingredients, the active ingredients we're adding into these products does not raise the price in any, mm -hmm. in any significant way. So uh, we like to tell people you're getting a third of your daily dose of omega-3s in each gummy. You're also getting seaweed extracts that are superfood when ingested. You're getting all these additional benefits topically in our bombs and our, you know, oil, body oil, our lip balm, um, for the same price as what you'd be getting already. So you're and, getting a better product for the same price. And I remember it was a couple years ago and this brand has changed their ways. So I don't think I want to totally throw them under a bus, but there was a very large um, athletic company. Okay. How about that? That maybe has a check sign in its logo, um, but they um, were they got in trouble because they weren't paying people living wages, and their factory workers were making were it was not good. Mm -hmm. It was not good, mm -hmm. and they figured out that if they, you know, caught, ch charged an extra like thirty cents on each product, they'd be able to pay everyone a living wage. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've gotten there yet. I think they're trying. They're still trying to get there, <laughs> and they are being more sustainable. So that's great. But at the end of the day, that's another reason why Philippe and I started this business, because as business owners, we'll eat that 30 cents. Mm -hmm. We will eat it uh -huh. in our profit uh -huh. because we want people that work with us and for us and the consumers, like we want it all to work. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not just about us starting a cannabis company and make make money. Like we're giving 5% back. A lot of companies are like 1% for the planet. I'm like, that's crap. 1% doesn't really do much. 5%, that's good. But also, in look at look at everything. Look at your supply line. Look at the, the actual products that you're using, like the actual Let's packaging. It's all, so we, we, we made sure that there was only necessary plastic mm -hmm. um, in our packaging. We made sure that this so is- You know, we have regulatory issues around, et cetera, yeah. that you can't get around. That we're working on that. Mm -hmm. We're working on looking yeah. for- Sea-based plastics, like, you know, you know, post-consumer waste recycled yeah. plastics. We have two kids, so we're not we there totally yet. get the uh, yeah. <laughs> child-proofing. But, you know, we decided we did a lot of aluminum. Um, a lot of companies use the plastic clamshell, which just drives me crazy. Like, why? We have, there's, these are beautiful aluminum mm -hmm. uh, and uh, glass. Um, mm -hmm. That's, you know, everything's recyclable. Um, the labels are all recycled, recyclable paper, recycled, you know, yep. so we're not doing plastic labels. We're, we're really we're a thoughtful... And even something as small as, like, the... The, everything comes, you know, the, the glass comes in boxes, right? And most of these boxes in the beauty and wellness and food industry, they put that thin 
plastic wrap around. Pla- yeah. mm-hmm. You don't really, what's yeah. the point of that? You don't need it. So we're like, hey, we're just not going to put that on our product because we don't need it. And so that's what's also been really fun is, is we, we made it so as, as best we could, but we also know that as technology changes, things will get better and we'll just be able to continually look for the best um, packaging out there. We'll be able to continually look for the best ingredients out there and make sure that that's what our customers are getting because that's what we want at the end of the day mm-hmm. for us and the planet. Mm-hmm. Um so you launched pretty recently. When yeah. officially did you launch? It was what, two and a half three, weeks three ago? Weeks three ago, weeks ago? Three weeks ago. Like that, yeah, we so. launched when we were in Antarctica of yeah. all times. Okay. Like, we had been working on this for, what, two, three years. And then, of course, it came down to the one trip we've taken was to Antarctica to film. <laughs> and they were like, right, that's when product's ready. We're like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a great team and great partners on this in our, in our D2C. And now we're just headed out there and starting the conversations mm-hmm. with dispensaries and we have product to be able to share with them and yeah. um, I've gotten great response so far and it, it's just really about building that and building our customer base and mm-hmm. helping people understand like who we are, what we are, that we're out there. Uh, and again, we feel like we have a, you know, a product that's, that's unlike anything else on the market. Um, and with the expansion plans to, to do a CBD only line by next year mm-hmm. and, um, and of course expand other states as well. What's been the hardest part of developing this so far? That's a great question. I only asked a good question. The compromises, I think. You know, like yeah. the the idea that listen, we wanted to go plastic free, but we can't. Yep. Yeah. Just from a regulatory perspective, like the childproof, we we can't, and so there's just no childproof options with for for some of these for the products. like the for for this the yes. tins the, tin, the tins are ch- that's great the childproof, but like for the glass bottles, so for the bombs and for the tinctures and the well, the body oil doesn't need one. Um, but for, for the balms, it was just really hard to find. And you have the little plastic that you have to put around the top for the droppers and, yeah. you know, and, and, and right now to be, have a dropper, it's a rubber that is not oftentimes at least, it is pretty much everything's recyclable, just the question of cost, Yeah. but it's not municipally recyclable. So, yeah. you know, really looking at some of those. Explain what pieces. you mean by that. What's that mean? So in other words, the rubber, the plastic and rubber on any dropper, um, is technically recyclable, but oftentimes it's at such low volume that it's just not economically feasible for a municipality to be able to recycle those. So meaning like some people's cities would be able to do it and some people's cities wouldn't be able to do it. it. So we know that, for example, we've talked to groups like TerraCycle that we could provide an incentive for customers to send it in and we give them, you know, money off their next product. But then it's about volume and shipping and figuring all that out. So that's baby steps to get there. So I think some of those compromises were like, listen, we have to get product on the shelves. We have to be successful for another in order for us to continue to innovate. Mm-hmm. But um, but also, you know, I think that 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 for us, it's just thinking, okay, we need to get this out there. We feel strongly about the product. We feel strongly about what we're doing. Um, what are those compromises we make now, and then continue to push ourselves to always be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say I think the hardest thing, but it was also the most fun thing, um, was because I I love balms, the body balms. Um, but I hate the way, I mean, I've tried because I've been using them for, for a few years now and I didn't like the way any of them smell. Mm. They just don't smell good. They smell like weed or what do they they smell? They smell like weed and they kind of smell, some of them smell then kind of like 
medicated, and then、uh -huh. so sometimes either you smell like weed or you smell like、um, like Bengay or you, like it just doesn't. So it, we we took a really long time trying to get the smell right,、yeah. and it was that was really important to us. And we also wanted it to work for both men and women because, like you know, I don't want dudes walk around smelling like a, a fresh lavender field. That might not be the smell you're going for.、Um, so we 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 worked to have it has a little bit of lavender, it has a little bit of lemon in it, and it just kind of is a nice clean smell.、Mm -hmm. And and that so it was it was hard. It took us a while to get it because we also we wanted the same scent. With all of the topicals,、um, so it took that took a little while to dial in, but it was really fun.、Mm -hmm. Like it, I really enjoyed that,、yeah. and and I was pregnant, so I couldn't taste、oh, wow. test the gummies, but we I could taste test like the the squishiness, like、yeah. the actual like、um, the texture of the gummies. Yeah, and plus I was pregnant, so then I they just give me like a whole bag, and I get to eat the whole bag. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, not that we, we not the medicated ones. Non medicated. Ones, but... uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew what you meant. I knew that. <laughs> They're all, you know, vegan. So that was a thing, right? Whether、yeah. you know pectin or you know what, what are you using、mm -hmm. for that? So we decided to go all vegan and and yeah, there's not a lot of vegan gummies out, really out there.、Well. No, there aren't、um, in the space because I think it's just easier and cheaper and just to kind of do what everybody else does, right?、Mm -hmm. Let's、yeah. just、mm -hmm. slap another label on it. It's basically the same thing you get anywhere else.、Mm -hmm. um, again, that but that the intentionality behind us is not to just create a product. It was like let's create a product that can change the world,、mm -hmm. or let's not do this at all.、Mm -hmm. yeah. um, So that was that was you know important for us, but yeah, the the we spent a lot of time on the texture and the flavors and the fragrance and and all of those things. Nice.、Um, so developing and launching this line is not cheap, I'm sure. Whose money is this? Is your guys' money? Is this, you have investors? Are you raising soon? What what's the plan? Well, so in the beginning, we bootstrapped it. Yeah. In the beginning, it was Philippe and I and our and our dear friend and and co-founder Jill, and we just were like, okay. A, it was locked down, and normally Philippe and I would be traveling and doing speeches and filming television shows, and we're like, right, we're at home. Crap, we need a project. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually amazing.、Though. So it was kind of. I mean, we were so lucky that we were able、yeah. to do that because、yeah, so many people、yeah. were having a horrible time with lockdown, but we were kind of at least able then to like focus on this.、Um, so so, like so in the beginning, it was it was us. You have to you have to get it to a point where it's、yeah. more than just an idea that you tell someone in thirty seconds. But we actually started getting packaging together. You know, we 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 funded it all to that point,、mm -hmm. and then when、yeah. it was really go time. Um, to start formulating and manufacturing and、mm -hmm. all that stuff, we were fortunate to have a, a firm up in、um, Palo Alto, Lucas Natural Partners, that came in with the initial investment yeah, to get us、firm. to launch.、Mm -hmm. um, and now, how did that, you meet them? How did you get in contact? Mutual friends,、yeah. you know. That's kind of I think just word of mouth and and um, um, a friend, a, a very dear friend of ours, who's on our board of advisors actually. Um, has an has a production company. They invested in his company, and he introduced、mm -hmm. us to us and like. In the first phone call, they were like, "We understand your vision. We get what you're doing. We're in."、Mm -hmm. And we were like, "Wait, what?" It's never that easy. It was our first <laughs> first pitch investor first call,、yeah. phone call. Wow! And ten minutes in, Sarah, who's amazing, she just looked at us and she was like, "How much do you need?" And we told her, and she was like, "Okay." We were like, "What do you mean, okay?" Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're in. That's rad.、Yeah. It was、and、great. She just, she,、really、yeah,、amazing. she really believed in us and and the mission of the brand and and off to the races. So when you have these conversations with investors, and you're、mm. gonna have more,、mm -hmm. yep. How much do they care about your last name and your grandfather, and how much do they care about what you're actually building here? I think it's it's. I think the last name speaks to, and and my work, you know,、um, speaks to authenticity, 
I think is a brand today, I know is a brand today that's very, very important to consumers, particularly younger consumers. Yeah. So that brings a level of uh, kind of serious gravitas to the, to the conversation. Like we would not be doing this if we're not very serious about it. Mm -hmm. We give it a lot of thought. We're very sincere and thorough and, and authentic. So that brand promise, I think, matters. Um, to any savvy investor, they know this is what next gen is looking for, right? Younger millennials, next gen, they want authenticity more than anything else. And then um, it also speaks to our access. I mean, we have, you know, sourcing the ingredients on the seaweed and out was not hard for us. We can pick up the phone and get sure. anybody in this space, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so that was good. And then I think also the assets that we bring to the table too, which is unique, is um, our presence in so many other platforms and places. But this is different. This is not kind of like a celebrity endorsed like line. This is very different than that because we are the owners, we're the founders, we're creating it in our vision and our image. Mm -hmm. But we also can be the storytellers for that brand uh, in a way that, uh, that again, speaks to authenticity as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to slap my name on it and, and run. Um, and so that's it been really important to investors. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important point, particularly in the cannabis industry. Well, in all CPG, but in the cannabis industry right now, you know, having some celebrity endorsement yeah. means a lot currently, I think, to investors. And we'll see whether that plays out or whether that's relevant or not, right? Yeah. But one of the reasons that investors like that so much is it takes a lot of pressure off of marketing. Mm. And marketing in this industry is hard right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, in a place where almost everybody spends all their dollars on Facebook and Google mm -hmm. and Instagram, that's just not possible, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you're now entering a moment where you have lots of decisions to make, right? Who You're going to have a distributor. You're going to have a sales team, direct-to-consumer, all these different variables that just are not simple in this industry, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. What's the go-to-market look like? You know, where where do you want people to buy this? Who do you want to buy this? I guess you know. I you know we we wanted people to have options, so we teamed up for our, with D 2 C. Um, we're working with Grass Door. Nice. Because we were like, number one, some people don't want to go into dispensaries, and that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want it to come to your front door. You can do that. So we yeah, were, that episode came out last week. Zach was on the show last yeah. week. Yeah, oh, awesome, very they're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're and really like, terrific. Just, yeah. They're they're great, and they're they're just they're great. And I think to, for to be able to give consumers a choice and the freedom to do that, that's amazing. But then there's also people that want to go into the dispensary, that want to see it, that want to talk to the bud tenders. And so for us, that's also really important for people to be able to 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 go in and, and learn about products that way if they want to get a plus just. It's just fun to go into stores, especially now after post-COVID. Everybody's excited to yeah. go into stores. <laughs> um, so we want to make sure that everybody can do both. So that's why we wanted to hit, you know, give people those options. Mm -hmm. And being able to, to be a voice for this too, you know, we, through all our different social and different platforms, we can talk about CB Naturals. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, CB Naturals, obviously, like every other cannabis company, is limited in its marketing, as you pointed out. But we're not. Correct. Yeah. So we get out there and we can have conversations. We can talk about it. And the press has been through the roof just in like the two weeks of launch. Mm -hmm. And what we've also found is people are really genuinely excited and interested in what we're doing. And a lot of our partners are oftentimes willing to be like, we'll give you discounts on helping you get off the ground and marketing and the advertising and the design and web design. We've just found some wow. really terrific people because they're like, we, this people is great. Get we get the 
that you're not just out there to just sell them, you know, sell some more gummies. You're out there to actually help people in the planet and people want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that's been really inspiring. The reception that we've gotten mm -hmm. uh, in this space has been really warm and excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, your guys' energy is infectious. You know, we're sitting in this little room and I, <laughs> I, I can just feel it. So, you know, <laughs> that's cool. Um, what kind of cannabis consumers were you guys before this? Was it like you talked about wellness and everything, mm -hmm. but there's like two different parts of the cannabis industry, right? Well, I'm there's laughing. Like, yeah. Literally, <laughs> as we're having this interview, because I'm facing the window and Philippe is not. Philippe's mother is like coming in and like, I don't know what she is bringing in, but Philippe's mom has been staying with us. So I'm going to throw Philippe under the bus slightly because Philippe, Jan, Philippe's mother put the wrath of God and fear into her children when it came to drugs. And so you didn't do anything. No. I, sorry, mom and dad, dabbled slightly, but and I just wasn't, it wasn't my thing. I just, I, in college, I, I drank. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't, I smoked a little bit of pot, but I don't know. I just never liked inhaling. That was not my thing. Mm -hmm. And I, there wasn't anything re as remotely as, as cool as what's out there now. Sure. You know, it was just like bad weed mm -hmm. when I was younger. Um, Where so is this? I, I grew up in North Carolina. Got it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I went to college in North Carolina. Then I went to, to New York for four years. That was a little different. Uh -huh. But um, it wasn't until um, it was, let's see, after I had our first daughter um, that I couldn't sleep. Like I was done breastfeeding and I just could not sleep. The hormones were all over the place. And, you know, really the only thing that they can tell you to do is take those like sleeping pills. Mm -hmm. I don't do well on those. Yeah. They turned me into a crazy person. So um, our friend Jill was like, hey, you should try, you know, a, a, a sleepy gummy. And I was like, okay. It was the best night of sleep I had probably had in a year. And it just felt amazing. I wasn't groggy. And I was like, oh my God, this is a, this is like, a miracle in a little gumdrop. Mm -hmm. And so for, for that's when I really started waking up to how incredible this little plant is. And then we started getting into the topicals and the balms and the lotions and the patches. I mean, it's, it's incredible what the, you know, the actual things that you, the ailments that you can heal with this. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think for me, at least I kind of answered for you too. Yeah. It was a, it was a journey that started from scratch three years ago or so. And Within a year, we were so amazed by the therapeutic opportunity here. We were all sold. And our families were sold as we started giving people bombs and they started using them on ailments and nerve pain and all sorts of things. And we're like, oh my God, multiple courses of cortisone shots and physical therapy yeah. and acupuncture has not I helped to this. Nancy, this does. Even Nancy Reagan would be into some body Yeah, bomb. right. I think so. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, you know, we feel like this is such the part of the new wave of people yeah. understanding really the power of THC and CBD that was unfairly maligned for so long as, you know, now we're starting to understand in the same way, like the psychedelics and psilocybin and mushrooms, like everybody's starting to wake up and be like, Oh, wait a second. Okay. The seventies, like we're getting over the hangover from that whole kind of crazy Nixon era of, you know, anti-drugs and all of that and, and um, looping, you know, lumping everything in as well together. Right. Yeah. It's just drugs. There's like opiates and like THC and heroin. And it's just kind of all lumped together for so long. Mm -hmm. So I think we're part of, we are part of that wave of, of yeah, we're kids of the 80s, people you know? understanding, Oh wait, this is, this is, we were sold 
lies. Mm -hmm. and, um, and therapeutically, this is such an amazing product. So we are in many ways like our target consumer. Yeah. Um, because while we, you know, we, we believe that there's, you know, there is a huge audience out there from an investor perspective, we're part of that wave of people that can bring whole new groups of folks into this industry mm -hmm. through these kinds of products. And, um, um, that gets us really excited. So you said that it's a question of if cannabis people are interested in the ocean, are ocean people interested in cannabis? I think increasingly, particularly here in California, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You have a conversation with folks, and a lot of people are curious, even if they haven't made the leap yet. Uh -huh. um, and that's, again, we think there's just, we know there's the data exists. There's a huge untapped market out mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. that this just continues to grow. And the mm -hmm. wellness space is growing rapidly. Yeah. Um, and so also from an economic perspective, uh, you know, the, down, the, the, the flower business has been, as you know, so difficult in the last few years. Yes. And it just continues to consolidate, and it's just a very different economic prospect than yeah. creating additional value-add products like, sure. like the wellness space. So also, for economically, we're like, yeah, that's not a business we would want to be in. No, no, no. Growing flowers is not for the faint of heart. Um, why start with the THC products instead of the CBD products? <laughs> Great it's question. a lot harder to sell. I know. We we went back and forth. Honestly, this was, a, this was probably another one of our biggest... Uh, conversations and it was it was really truly during lockdown when regular retail was closed mm -hmm. and dispensaries weren't essential were an essential business and we were like okay i think we got to go thc and again also for us seeing how well these products work and seeing the change that they can actually have on your body we were like, let's do the THC first. Yeah. And and hopefully, you know, as we are successful in this, we can then fund the CBD mm -hmm. to get out there. So, and it's also interesting too with the THC, while the marketing is so hard because you're so regulated on what you can do, it's also fun because then you only have a specific amount of ways and people that you can market to. Mm -hmm. So it almost- I'll ask you that question again in a year. Yeah, You still true. think it's fun. <laughs> That's true. It's I a challenge, say, right? I say it's a, yeah, it's a it's an yeah. interesting challenge, and at least yeah. you have a fixed you have a fixed group of people for marketing. I think so it market to everybody. I think it lends credibility. Um, I certainly believe in the value of CBD, but the narrative right now is that it does nothing. And so, yeah. if you start with a pure CBD brand, I think there's a pretty big uh, barrier to entry for customers right now. Not that weed is easy. Oh, I say weed. I mean THC is easy, but yeah, there's just so much bad stuff about CBD out there. Because right there's now, bad. Because there's a out lot there. of junk out really there, right? Are. And yeah. and I you mean, look you can at buy it like Bed Bath and Beyond. I You're know. like, come on. I saw yeah. CBD mascara the other day. Oh my god! Explain to me how that could do anything <laughs> at all. It's total nonsense. And, yeah. and it just became, it became hip and then everybody jumped on the bandwagon and now every, and it's saturated. And so, yeah, it's like you can buy it at 7-Eleven. No, thank you. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I was pitched on a, you can imagine doing the show. I get all oh, kinds yeah. of, mm -hmm. um, I was pitched on a CBD pillow and um, it was supposed to like release, uh, you know, essence or oh, God. essential oils or something while you're sleeping. And oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, total tangent. Um, where are you going to be in a year? How, how big can this company be? You know, it's like, you want to be in every dispensary. You want to be in every legal state. Where does, we, where does we, it yeah, go? Not every dispensary, um, starting in California, because 
you know, we want velocity, you know, not yeah. necessarily just volume. And mm -hmm. so not every dispensary is, is a wellness focused dispensary or we're going to have a, you know, some dispensaries really catered people that just want to get strong weed. Yep. And that's fine. Yep. Um, that's probably not the best place for us. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we are no, looking at the tincture will do the job. Yeah. We've got a strong Good tincture. Enough. I'm terrified. Um, I don't, I'm scared of our tincture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so, so, so I think that, that, you know, right now our strategy is really focused on the wellness folks dispensaries, yeah. the hundred, 200 top dispensaries in the state, mm -hmm. um, and grow from there. We think there's a robust opportunity on the D to C side. Because even if someone comes in and, and, and shops that product, again, what if they're 45 minutes or an hour away from a dispensary that carries CB Naturals? We want them to be able to get it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so through grass store, of course, you know, can deliver pretty much anywhere in California. Mm -hmm. Same day. So that's important to us. And then, yes, yeah, start expanding strategically. We're looking at Massachusetts. Uh, really important to get a foothold on the East Coast with New York coming online in a year or two. Mm -hmm. um, New Jersey, of course, Connecticut, et cetera. There's a real cluster right there in New England mm -hmm. that... Uh, that we that we're targeting next, um, and uh, and then of course you know Colorado and Washington and you know and, and Seattle the other states. But um, thinking about the, the 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 wellness space here in California is more sophisticated, as basic as it is, than many other states. So mm -hmm. we really want to be like a first mover into New York and some of the others, and, mm -hmm. and really define what you know wellness can be. It can be more than just a THC cream. We can add additional benefits to it. It can also help support communities. It can help support the environment. Like we can do better. And you I know? think too, what's interesting, you know, when I, when I think about where we'd be in a year, you know, on Philippe and I's other career, I'll call it, you know, our ocean conservation and our, our work, um, our work in television, you know, we talk to the UN, we meet with heads of state yeah. and like how many founders of a cannabis company can say that. And so I think it's really cool because not Mike have, Tyson. I can tell no. you. Not Mike Tyson. Bless his heart. <laughs> no shade to Mike Tyson. <laughs> no. no, I love him. <laughs> but you know, like that, I think we can also help the industry. We can kind of help normalize it too, because at the end of the day, you know, we we want to talk. This business is doing a good thing, and we will you on all of our platforms. We'll be able to talk about it. So that's really cool. Like maybe Seaweed Naturals will be sitting at UN, you know, hosting a UN luncheon. Like that's. That's what's yeah, exciting. That's for us. really rad. Yeah. So this was born in the pandemic. You both have very full lives and other careers. How are you going to do this? Like, what's the time allocation look like? A big part of our time, and we've really peeled back on the media and a lot of the TV work, etc. Working on an animated series, which is cool. good because we don't have to like go places for right, that right. <laughs> um, right now. But it's uh, this is a huge part of our focus. You know, so in a year, we'd love to expand at least to another state, like mm -hmm. get into Massachusetts. Um, launch a CBD brand, um, high-end CBD, you know, high-quality CBD brand. Again, because you just go into a Whole Foods or any of these retailers, there are seaweed products, then there are land-based products, right? Even if you're just talking like mushrooms, like uh, not, you know, psychedelic mushrooms, but like cordyceps and turkey tail and, you know, lion's mane and all these things that have been part of the parlance now and people wellness at home, etc. Like no one's com combined land and sea. And that's really what we see, a whole new yeah. category of land and sea wellness. Yeah. And so we're looking at massive retail opportunities because, you know, we really, it's like, it's like the, those commercials of the peanut butter and chocolate. It's like, chocolate's great. Peanut butter's great. And somebody just finally went, Whoa. wait a minute. If we put them together, it's even better. And no <laughs> one's done that with like land and sea products yet. Again, you go in any retail space, 
they're kind of on two different shelves and we're sitting there, it's our Reese's Pieces moment and we're going, wait, let's put these things together and create a better product, why not? You should uh, create a surf and turf line. There you go. I like surf and turf, <laughs> that makes sense to That's me. a great idea, I like uh, surf and turf, yeah. You can have that one, that one's free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you think your grandfather would feel about this company and you getting into the weed business? You know, I think if we went back in time, it's, you know, to the 70s and 80s, 90s, all of these products were illicit and illegal. Mm -hmm. So it'd be hard to have a conversation. If he was alive now and it was a different market and he saw things, I can't speak for him, certainly, but I do think that um, he was always looking for new opportunity and innovation and embracing change. Mm -hmm. I do know that. And, um, you know, there are things that, a lot of things I was just thinking about the other day that I think he would have a different perspective on now around nuclear energy, et cetera, things mm -hmm. like that considering the crisis that we're facing mm -hmm. that is much worse than, than in the 90s. You know, he passed away in 96. So if we went back in time and talked about it in the 80s or 90s, obviously he'd be like, uh, that's illegal. You can't do that. But now that it's legal here in California and going to be legal federally soon, I, I think he'd have a different conversation. Completely different conversation. How yeah. about your dad? I know you were very young when he died. What you know, do you feel about that? I, I think the same thing. I mean, going back, and my mom is a great example, right? My mom, uh, it, you know, back then and several years ago was like cannabis this is really bad mm -hmm. now she's a total convert yeah of course so again i also think my dad would be looking at this and be like oh this is just a completely different conversation that we're having right now mm -hmm. um so you know as problem solvers i like to think that certainly the mission and what we're working to achieve with the brand would be something they'd embrace absolutely yeah i mean at the end of the day we're using the brand to save the ocean yeah no which was the point so like, yeah that was the yeah. so why not yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um I think that's a good place to start to wrap up here. Um, how can the audience help you? Are you guys hiring for anything? I know you're going to start raising money soon. Yeah. We're headed we out next you? week. Yeah, good. we need to raise another, two, we think somewhere around $2 million because uh -huh. we want to supercharge marketing for the next few years and, yeah. and get a launch pad in other states. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as we do that, we are going to be hiring like sales staff. We're going to be bringing on like, you know, much more of an infrastructure in the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is hopefully imminent in the next, you know, two months yep. to start really building it out. Yep. So at first we'd love people to try it and be honest and let us know what they think, yep. um, you know, at cbnaturals.com, of course, or, you know, and, and start building into dispensaries. If anyone is a buyer for dispensaries yep. and they're interested, of course, we'd love to have a conversation with them, mm -hmm. particularly if they think that. the folks that are, you know, their customers, um, you know, are, are wellness targeted folks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's just getting it out there and, and building the brand. Very, very cool. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you it, for coming. It was, Thanks, we it was it. really, really fun. And welcome to the industry. Thank, thank you. you. It's a fun ride for you guys. <laughs> so far, it's been great. It's been great. <laughs>